Jonathan Allen admitted Monday he might be better off leaving Washington this next offseason. What would that possibly look like? That and more on today's episode of Locked on Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into this episode of Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget that you can subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you're getting this podcast. And you can continue this conversation with me by becoming a Locked On Commanders insider. Join the Locked On Commanders insider program where you will get news, inside scoops, exclusive content delivered directly to your phone, including my final thoughts following every game. I send an exclusive video just to the insiders, kind of my wrap up thoughts from the evening as I leave the stadium following our live post game episodes. Plus you get one-on-one conversations with me via text. So become a locked on commanders insider. Go to joinsubtext.com slash locked on commanders to sign up. First two weeks are free. If you like it, stick around. If you don't, I appreciate you giving it a try. Anyway, I'm David Harrison, credential member of the media covering the Washington Commanders for CommanderCountry.com, a part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. I'm your host of this program here with you every Monday through Friday, along with our everydayers. As always, I appreciate your continued support for the show and for coming through every single day. Download the GameTime app, create an account, use the promo code LOCKEDONNFL, and you'll get $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. On today's episode of Locked On Commanders, we're ranting about Ron Rivera's comments about unproven players, and we're looking at the good in the defense from week 13 and what we want to see improved from the offense before we head to Los Angeles in week 15. But first, Jonathan Allen, defensive tackle, star player for the Washington Commanders team captain, hints that he may want out and flat out said on Monday that he has already thought about Leaving, We're going to start with his comments about a possible rebuild. Very simple here. Jonathan Allen told the sports junkies on Monday, I am not in the business of going through another rebuild. Those were his words to the sports junkies. He's talking about the state of the team. Uh, and look, it's it's kind of difficult to really, really fully blame him because he's been here. Like he said, this is his seventh year. This isn't the first time that Jonathan Allen has expressed frustration, specifically this season, but just in general. Uh, and earlier this season, what his is, I won't call it a rant, but kind of a little bit of an outburst about uh, being fed up with what was happening on the team kind of led to some 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 surface speculation that maybe there would be a trade uh, involving Jonathan Allen towards the end of the trade deadline. That never really got any any legs, you know, from what from what we understand that never really had a chance of happening. Uh, but the conversations were out there. Uh, he did say you know, he wants to win. He does want to win Jonathan Allen, but he's getting a little bit older. He's going to turn 29 in January. Uh, doesn't, you know, not going to be playing in the playoffs, right? I mean, uh, I, I guess there's still a mathematical chance. I do believe I think the Carolina Panthers is the only team that have been officially eliminated. But, you know, realistically, the Washington Commanders will not be playing uh, in the playoffs. So Jonathan Allen, you know, uh, the man wants to work. You know what I mean? He wants to go out there. He wants to do his job and he wants to do it for an extended period of time. But that's not the only thing. He was also asked by the sports junkies if he'd ever thought about the fact that maybe playing elsewhere, not in Washington, would be better for him personally and professionally. And Jonathan Allen responded in part 1000%. I mean, I'd be lying if I said I didn't. So that's that's pretty, you know, it, it's not surprising comments, right? Allen followed up by saying, quote, I played this game to win and I would love to win here for sure, but I want to win first and foremost. That's always going to be at the front and center of my mind, end quote. So, I mean, John, you know, look, 
he, he's not, you know, saying anything that we all kind of don't already anticipate, right? If you've been doing this for seven years and, uh, you know, you, you've, you've barely made the playoffs. A lot of people didn't even really count that as a playoff berth, so to speak, even though they made some noise, almost beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers most recently, most, most recently, like, you know, that that's, that's not exactly the, the career accolades that you want to hang your hat on and coming from a program like Alabama, where you're not really used to losing like this, uh, certainly could be something that is, that is frustrating. So I think everybody understands the frustration, but the significance of it is the fact that he's now saying this publicly right now. He's saying this on a very popular radio show. He's saying it's where he knows everybody's going to get it. Everybody's going to send it out on Twitter, on X, on the, on threads. We're all going to write about it. I wrote about it for commandercountry.com on Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. Like everybody's going to talk about this. And you know, it, it's something that he knows full well. He's been in this league, you know, again, seven years now. He knows what this is going to do. He knows what this is going to, what kind of stir this is going to create. Um, this isn't a rah-rah thing. Like, I don't think this is going to cause, you know, a whole bunch of dudes in the locker room to just suddenly play like all pro players. And I don't think that was the intent. And I, and I do want to fall short of anybody saying that Jonathan Allen is just thinking about himself. I mean, again, you know, this is a guy who had the opportunity to potentially leave and hit free agency if he really wanted to. Um, and, and sure, you know, I don't think things were quite as dire. I mean, certainly things weren't great uh, either, but, you know, things weren't necessarily as dire or anything like that. But, you know, it, it's it's one of those things where this guy has given a lot of his time. Uh, he's given, you know, realistically about half of his career, if not more than half his career, depending on how health and and all that stuff uh, develops, you know, down the road. But it's 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 getting to the point now for John Allen where he's kind of at that apex or at that crossroads where he can either be, a fairly, you know, still young, but older player, right? Older young players, what I'll call them, um, who can contribute to a team, be a leader and be at the forefront of a bad team, or he can go elsewhere and be a contributor, maybe not the star, maybe not the leader that he is here, but be a contributing talented player on a competitive team before he gets too old. And now he becomes the veteran who's trying to latch on to the front runner just to get a ring before he has to retire. Right? So if, if this move is made, and, you know, again, and John Allen did, you know, specify on the show. He wanted to make sure it was well known. Like, this isn't him saying he's leaving. This isn't him saying he wants out specifically. It's just him being kind of transparent and honest uh, in the conversation with it, which I think we should be able to appreciate and, and not crucify him too much about. Now, I will say, you know, I was talking to insiders right after this came out and I wrote the article and we were talking back and forth. And there's not a whole lot of, you know, sadness in, in the fan base. I think the fan base is kind of like, you know what, as many faces that were connected to the, the failures and the struggles and the losing that we can replace. Let's go ahead and do that. And again, I don't think that's really a dig at John specifically, but I do think it just gives a sign of the frustration that everybody's feeling players, coaches, uh, fans alike. You know what I mean? So if he's traded or released in the off season, uh, first and foremost, let's look over some data. Again, John Allen turns 29 in January, seven NFL seasons will be under his belt by then. Uh, he missed 11 games his rookie season in 2017 with a Lins, Lins Frank injury, uh, foot injury. Uh, he missed two games ever since he returned from that. So he's been very, very healthy and available in the NFL. Two years remaining on his current contract, a trade or release pre-June 1st of 2024 would save the Washington Commanders $9.5 million uh, after carrying a $12 million cap hit or dead cap hit. So that would put Washington Commanders over $90 million in projected cap space. Uh, Post-June 1st, it would save them $15.5 million off the 2024 cap and then spread the $12 million in dead cap over 2024, 2025. So 6 million dead cap in 24, 6 million dead cap in 2025. Now you have to believe if a trader release is going to happen, that's going to happen well before June 1st. It's likely going to happen before the new league year, because if you're a team in the market for a guy like Jonathan Allen and taking on the rest of his salary, 
and, and his prestige and all that stuff. You're going to want to do that, I would think, before free agency opens up. You're going to want to know whether or not you have that guy or you need to go pursue uh, that guy in free agency. So the commander's leverage drops significantly in this scenario if he is not traded by the beginning of the new league year. But you could also say that a market for a guy like Allen never really goes away. It just might lower a little bit and could actually have another spike in the NFL draft or you know in the days leading up to NFL draft weekend. So again, teams that maybe missed out on some of those defensive linemen they wanted, now maybe they're, they're willing to pay a little bit more. Uh, Allen currently carries the seventh highest cap hit among defensive tackles next year. So if he's with Washington, he'll be the seventh highest cap hit as it stands today. That's without any new contracts uh, that might get signed after a trade. The team acquiring him would carry the 12th highest cap hit among defensive tackles. Again, that would go lower, uh, you know, predictably if if new contracts are signed by top tier defensive linemen. Uh, Allen is the 59th ranked defensive lineman, according to PFS overall grading this this season. Uh, not very good. 12th last season, fourth in 2021. A lot of people, though, are going to attribute that to coaching. They're going to attribute that to the absences of Chase Young and Montez Sweat. So I don't think uh, his trade value is going to get hurt too badly by that 59th overall ranking. Uh, trade capital expectations. It's kind of hard to really predict these kinds of things sometimes, but uh, I'll take, I'll take my best shot, right? I got it. I got it right with Montez. I got it right with Chase. So we'll see if I can get it right here. If it does end up happening, uh, some case studies, Richard Seymour, I was traded from the Patriots to the Raiders for a 2011 first round pick with a caveat. There is that trade happened right before the start of that season. It happened in 2009. So that happened before the 2009 season. They didn't get their first round pick till 2011. So obviously some inflation in the cost because of the weights, uh, in 2020, more recently, Jarrell Casey was traded from the Tennessee Titans to the Denver Broncos for a seventh round pick. Casey was turning 30 and coming off of a Pro Bowl season. So that's that's uh, not too far off from Jonathan Allen. But I think that the, the relationship there had, had kind of gone a little further south. DeForest Buckner got a first round pick when he was traded from the 49ers to the Colts. But he was also 26 or was about to be 26. So I'm thinking third rounder, honestly, is probably the best you can hope for from a team. I think you're probably going to get offered a 2024 fourth rounder um, or a 2025 fourth rounder that could become a third round third, third rounder if certain benchmarks are met or maybe you get that 2025 third uh, for waiting and then it maybe becomes a second if John Allen goes out there and has say an all pro season or something like that Allen does say he's focused on the next four games he's not even saying that he wants out it's just you know obviously things are on his mind so today's our AAR episode we are going to dive into week 13 and see what we can pull from uh, the loss of the Dolphins to keep what we want to improve before Los Angeles. And we're going to see what we want to leave behind, including the reason that Curtis Samuel has suddenly become one of Sam Howell's best targets. Coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when you are buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all your sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you with killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat and their best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. They even have last minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals. Uh, it's easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. Back to the future. The musical is coming to the DC area in August of next year. My wife and I have been looking at it very closely. I'm not going to lie. We might, we might check that out. Back to the future is one of my favorite movies. We might have to check out the musical, guys. I, I, I don't know if you feel that, but I might be feeling that. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. They are obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event, and even an after hours after an hour after it starts. It takes place. Uh, it's the place rather to find last minute seats. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app. 
Create your account. Use the promo code LOCKEDONNFL to get $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create your account. Redeem the code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-F-L for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Thanks again for making a Locked On Commanders your first listen or view today and every day, every dares. We got another mailbag episode coming up tomorrow. Bi-week mailbag. Shoot your questions into the YouTube comment section. Hit me up on social media or text me directly by becoming a Locked On Commanders insider. Join subtext.com slash Locked On Commanders. Get in on that fun. Locked On has also launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Because of the John Allen situation, we have a slightly altered AAR episode this week, slightly condensed, although I'm not sure anybody is really sad about not having as much time to go over the loss of the Miami Dolphins. Losing 45-15 will certainly uh, do that. and certainly leaves a lot of room for improvements, especially in the defense. But what about the sustains? I wanted to challenge myself a little bit, so I said, you know what? Our sustain this week is going to come from the defense because not everything is bad about this defense. So I went out in search of something to share with you that was good news, uh, maybe a bright spot that could get brighter in the future, depending on what happens with coaching staff, schemes, all that stuff. And I went out and I found KJ Henry, and he is going to be my sustain for this game. Not perfect, you know, by a long shot by himself. He's a young guy. Uh, not not a whole lot of playing experience up to this point, you know, but he's getting more and more as the weeks go on. Um, and, and I really liked some of the things that he did against the Miami Dolphins. Stat box wise, not super sexy. Two tackles, one tackle for loss. Uh, he did have two quarterback hits. That goes in the PFF stat book, not the official stat book. Um, but it's but he, you know, so the pressures are always good. Uh, he played 30 def- defensive snaps in week 13, 49% of them specifically, seven special team snaps. And then when I turned on the film, turned on the all 22. What I saw out of a guy like KJ Henry was speed, right? And, that, and that's not a surprise. When he was drafted out of Clemson, that's kind of what he was known, known for. Uh, an edge defender that was going to win with speed more than he was winning with power. And the reason I really liked seeing what I saw uh, on Sunday from him is because I go back to training camp um, and a couple of conversations we had, but specifically one of them that we had after a joint practice against the Baltimore Ravens, where during practice, you know, he had, he had a really good day. He had had really good days during training camp and, and, and all those things. But then when we get to the preseason games, a lot of times he would kind of disappear. And so I kind of wanted to ask him, you know, respectfully, but really kind of just have the conversation with them and say, you know, you have a lot of speed. You're, you're putting a lot of good stuff on the practice tape. How do you get it or where are you in the process of getting it converted to the play tape? And he really was very blunt and said, that's the challenge. And that's what I haven't figured out yet. That's what I need to figure out. So, you know, having the good practice days, and I'm paraphrasing him, of course, but having the good practice days, certainly important, helps you learn the skills, helps you put good things on tape to study and to reinforce and all that stuff. But he was looking for a way to get it done on the field. And I think, you know, gradually it has come along. Um, I start off here with his fastest play of the game. He got up to 16.8 miles per hour uh, on one specific play. Uh, Miami Dolphins had the ball. Obviously, he's a defensive player. Uh, first and 10 at the Miami 19. 212 left in the first quarter. Uh, KJ Henry on the snap starts upfield, but he actually falls off in a contained defense, screen defense type of motion. Tua Tungabayaloa ends up rolling to his left, Henry's right, and Henry pursues the quarterback across the formation all the way across to the opposite numbers on the field. Impressive effort 
to say the least from KJ Henry. The pass falls incomplete because of a Jalen Waddle drop. You might remember that play. Um, so, you know, KJ Henry specifically didn't necessarily blow up the player, super impacted, but, you know, Without KJ Henry's pursuit, Tua Tagovailoa certainly has room to run, or he's got more time to deliver a pass. Or, or you know, uh, again, it wasn't on Tua that the pass was incomplete anyway. But KJ Henry, very impressive effort. That's what you want to see when you when you're talking about a four and eight team that's about to become four and nine, and you're talking about young players and coaches are getting fired. Like it's it would honestly, it wouldn't have even jumped out on tape if KJ Henry, like I said, kind of rushes, falls off into a contained defense. Tua runs the other way. If KJ kind of just stands there and watches the rest of the play, it really wouldn't even stand out all that much. But because he makes the pursuit, because he stays with the play, it stands out. Uh, again, the pass is incomplete. You know, that's kind of a coincidence. But it look and it looks to me like that is number one of the two pressures that PFF uh, applies here because he was, you know, closing in on Tua as the pass was being made. Um, going on to his tackle for loss, the very next play. So this dude runs 16 miles per hour all the way across the field. Very next play, second and 10, Miami 19, first quarter, two minutes, two seconds now left on the field. Uh, Dolphins receiver Cedric Wilson comes in motion from left to right on the offensive formation. That's Henry's side of the defensive formation. And on the snap, he and right tackle Austin Jackson kick wide rights while wide receiver River Craycraft tries to block down on Henry to seal the edge for the run play that's coming. But KJ Henry shoots the C gap, gets in the backfield before Craycraft can do anything, and he stops Devon A-Chain for a seven yard loss. Great instincts to not try and run with the linemen. Don't get swept up in the, in the flood. Great speed to get into the gap. Great speed off the line of scrimmage to get into the gap before the crackback blocker has a prayer to even do anything. And he was four yards into the backfield by the time HA got his hands on the ball. Additionally, while he doesn't get credit for it, the 10 yard loss run later in the game by Tyreek Hill, you might remember where he's kind of trying to do like a little bit of, you know, like backyard football on the double end around in the third quarter. That loss was created by K.J. Henry's ability to stay disciplined, not get swept up in the action, keep discipline on his assignment, and square up with Tyreek Hill without panicking, which caused the receiver to have to stop his momentum, try to find some other uh, areas to go. His teammates, K.J.'s, Henry's teammates, end up corralling him for a loss. But again, that's a play that's created by a young player being smart in his assignment, doing what he's coached to do. Uh, very nice play there. Pressure number two for KJ Henry came second and 12 at the Miami 23, three minutes, 15 seconds in the third quarter. He runs a stunt with Deron Payne, wiping out the blocks for him. Beautifully executed. KJ Henry just doesn't come up with the sack. Tua, Tua Tonga by low kind of jab steps him, gets out of the way. The right guard recovers enough to kind of wall off any sideways pursuit. Uh, the pass goes incomplete, but good pursuit there in two-man game between Deron Payne and KJ Henry. So that's our sustain, our improve. Terry, Terry McLaurin's target quality uh, has not been very good. Look, Terry's got 100 targets in 2023, which is 17th in the league, 60 receptions, which is 21st in the league, 11.6 yards per reception. So it's not that his targets or catches are really terrible, but they haven't been valuable. And part of that is because of the average separation. Uh, you know, Terry McLaurin's average separation so far is 1.47 yards. That's less than two yards. It's less than six feet of separation between him and the defender. And I think that's a big reason why he's not getting these quality passes that you want to see him getting. Um, so when you look at other players like Curtis Samuel is second or third on the team with 68 targets. When you look at Curtis's targets, his target separation average is two yards again, compared to McLaurin's, which is less than one and a half yards. And despite the fact that Curtis Samuel has such a small frame compared to Terry McLaurin's, I think that separation is what's really causing this discrepancy that we're seeing between Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaurin, especially lately. So I think that, 
you know, whether it's Sam Howell's clean passing, Eric Bieniemy scheming up routes for Terry McLaurin to run to be able to get some of that separation, or the receiver himself not winning as much. Uh, I think that's a real big sign of why Terry McLaurin's production has not been as good this year as we expected is that separation at the at the breaking point after the stem. So we'll continue to watch that. Um, but we're also getting ready to watch some younger players potentially get some time as the Washington Commanders playoffs chances completely fade into oblivion. The opportunity to get some live reps for some younger guys may be coming up, according to Coach Ron Rivera. We're ranting about Ron next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. I know we come here to talk about sports and we turn to sports to escape from some of the craziness that real life brings. Sometimes we do need to keep it real life here for a minute because of our friends at Jace Medical. Jace Medical says that according to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of what they say is the worst flu season in over a decade. Nothing is worse than getting sick and not being able to get what you need because of something as silly as a supply chain issue. With Jace Medical, you can get some of that worry out of the way and be prepared if the need arises. If the Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, and more. Getting sick happens to everybody, but now you can be readily prepared for a whole host of afflictions. Visit jacemedical.com, complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a list licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. Again, that's jacemedical.com. Make sure you use the offer code Locked On to get $20 off your order at jacemedical.com. Wrapping up this episode of Locked On Commanders, ranting about Ron Rivera. And a lot of his Monday press conference was, uh, quite honestly, just canned. You know what I mean? And look, I think the more you know, the more a team loses, the more the answers get canned and the more the more they become uh, just kind of, you know, generalized and things like that. Ron was asked about, like, what can can be changed on the offense to help some of these receivers? And you just said, oh, yeah, we got to look at the tape. We got to look at what we're doing and calling and basically nothing. Um, but, you know, I do want to say this. It's not just Ron Rivera. Uh, so twice a week uh, as part of my Sports Illustrated deal. Twice a week, I have to write for Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation's Eagles site. So I write two articles a week for the Eagles site over there. And uh, as you might imagine, I'm not paying attention to the Eagles every single day. So I've got to look up some stuff. So I looked up the transcripts for Coach Nick Sirianni after the Eagles lost to the 49ers. And as I'm reading through the answers, it's the same thing. You know, I mean, they've only lost, uh, what, two games this year now? And he's giving them the same thing. Coach, what happened? Oh, you know, the other team gets paid to play too. They do, you know, we'll go watch back and watch the film and, Got to coach him better. Got to put him, you know. So it's not it's not just this coach, guys. It's not just because the season's gone so bad. Every coach, every time they lose, it's just that we're hearing it so much because they lose all the time. So you want to hear different answers, but you're not going to get different answers. But something that was interesting here, uh, Ron was asked. Um, I, I want to say it was Sam Fortier of the Washington Post, but please don't kill me if I'm wrong on that one. But I want to say that Sam asked Coach Rivera about the possibility of playing younger players like tight end Curtis Hodges uh, and wide receiver Mitchell Tinsley. Um, later in the season, you know, as things develop the way that they're developing, Coach Rivera said, quote, yeah, I think there's some opportunities that will most certainly come up. And there are some young guys that you do want to see as we go through the last few weeks. We'll look for those opportunities and chances, end quote. So, you know, not super committed, but, you know, about as committed as you're going to get. Um, again, you know, uh, the question was asked specifically about Mitchell Tinsley and Curtis Hodges. 
Uh, certainly would like to see both those guys get on the field. Curtis Hodges kind of has a little bit of the Cole Turner affliction where he's not much of a blocker, definitely more of a receiver, but he also had, you know, some bad drops in preseason, some bad drops in training camp uh, that really kind of hurt his stock a little bit. Mitchell Tinsley is a guy that, you know, I don't want to say he came out of nowhere, um, you know, because of how much time I spent around Lake Lewis, who's a proud Penn State alum, I definitely was hearing about Mitchell Tinsley early and often in training camp preseason. So I don't know if he was if he came out of nowhere for you. He certainly didn't come out of nowhere for me. But but Lake Lewis made sure that was the thing But Mitchell Tinsley. I mean, he did you know, he did everything he needed to do. I actually remember back in training camp, which feels years ago at this point in time. But uh, Mitchell Tinsley had had a couple bad routes. Uh, lined up wrong on a play, and Eric Bieniemy just absolutely lit into him, pulled him off the field uh, for for uh, you know a handful of of reps, and just basically told him if you don't want to get the play right, we'll put somebody in who will. And you know the young guy came back, played hard, practiced hard, studied, and you know he ends up making the team, uh, you know on the practice squad. So kudos to him. Wouldn't hate hate seeing either of those guys get in there. Obviously, you want to see more KJ Henry. Uh, you want to see more Andre Jones Jr. Those guys, but also more Cole Turner. You know what I mean? Let's get the dude. Uh, you know, we know he's basically a receiver, not really a blocker, but let's get him out there. Let's give him some live reps and see if that live experience can help him develop. Chris Rodriguez, I'd love to see him get more opportunities. Uh, young cornerbacks like Tariq Castro-Fields, Christian Holmes, want to see where they're at. Uh, some practice squad guys, offensive linemen specifically, Alex Akinbulu, Nolan Loffenberg, Mason Brooks. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing those guys get in there. Uh, probably get in there with like Jacoby Brissett maybe, you know, here and there. But wide receiver, punt return, Casimir Allen. Uh, you know, look, he had some drop issues in preseason, stuff like that, but he's been working on it. We see him in practice working at it all the time. Let's see if it's gotten better uh, with live bullets and what better time to do it when you're already probably out of the playoffs anyway. Uh, defensive lineman, Amir, Amir Abdullah. Josh Pryor's been active, but let's see him get some more reps. Uh, Benning Poso Ai, uh, more of a veteran, but would like to see him get on the field as well. So there's there's a good amount of guys, and, you know, honestly, it would be nice because it would give us a little bit more to talk about than draft positioning for agency. Maybe so we can see if we can shine a light on some of these guys as potential holdovers or carryovers to the next regime uh, that might be able to make any kind of impact or at least make the roster moving forward. That's going to do it for today's episode, AAR episode, but also John Allen conversation episode of Locked On Commanders coming up tomorrow. Again, it's mailbag time. So if you got questions for the mailbag, throw them in the YouTube comment section, uh, hit me on social media or text me directly. Go to joinsubtext.com slash Locked On Commanders. You can put my number in your phone, text me whenever you need to, and I will respond to you straight to your phone. No hashtags, no timelines, no apps, literally just text messages right to your phone. Also, don't forget to check out Locked On Sports Today, the first ever 24-7 live streaming, national stream rather, on YouTube. As always, thanks for being a Locked On Commanders, your first listener view today and every day. Thanks for making me a part of your routine. Until we speak again, if you're out and about, please be safe, be kind, and I'll see you next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.